Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. Today's episode of The Other Stories has been sponsored by the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast. Do you like scary stories? Well, lock your doors, bolt your windows. There is a maniac on the loose. The Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast specialises in scary stories that will curdle your blood and send shivers down your spine. Steve Hudgens is the maniac behind it all. He's an award-winning writer and filmmaker who writes the stories and narrates them. So be sure to tune in, listen and subscribe. You can listen to the Maniac on the Loose Scary Stories podcast on all major platforms and on YouTube. Everything you need can be found at www.maniacontheloose.com. Once again, that's maniacontheloose.com. Today's episode is Cult Classic, written by Thomas Teller and narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horace. The old theatre in town had one entrance and one way out. The sets of revolving doors near the ticket counter. Inside was a labyrinth of winding corridors of busy carpet patterns and movie posters. Sconces cast butter yellow light on the popcorn ceilings, and the carpeted halls quieted the screams coming from the theatres. Ready man? The kid behind the ticket counter said. 
his voice brought me back from a particularly bloody poster for a slasher movie. Yeah, sorry. Two for the midnight showing. Good choice, he said. He looked quickly to Cindy. Then his eyes darted back to the register. Didn't mind the kid checking out Cindy. Who wouldn't? After all, she had a face like an old movie starlet. She clung to my arm, maybe to make it clear to the kid that she was taken. Going to the midnight showing was her idea, since she was a massive horror fan. But I didn't like how empty the theatre felt. Her feet fell softly on the carpet, even though she was bouncing with excitement. What is it? I asked, forcing a grin. It was too late at night for bouncing. God, I was getting old. Nothing. I just love the movies. Popcorn? My treat, she said. I kissed her on the cheek. I'll cover the coke, I said. Popcorn, check. Coke, check. Best movie ever made. Incoming, she said. We stepped up and ordered from the teenager working the counter. God, everyone working here seemed infantile. Guess that's what I got for dating younger. Why is it your favourite, by the way? Never even heard of it before tonight, I said. She took the popcorn and gave the teenager a smile. Her teeth were pearly white, her lips a luxuriant red. She really did look like an old movie star even in jeans and a denim jacket. She shrugged. Well, I grew up with it, for one thing. My parents and I watched it every year, with all of our friends. Big film buffs, huh? I asked. She nodded. Yeah, something like that. I can't imagine showing my children a slasher movie, I said. She turned to me, as if hurt. It's not a slasher. It's so much more than that. It's meta. Real cult classic. It references all the horror movies that come before it and has influenced so many that came after. It's not just a movie. It's a whole history of the genre wrapped up in one. It's one of those movies that sticks with you until you die. Really, it is. Pops out of the screen and grabs you and doesn't let you go. High praise from someone who has to call her big man friend to get a spider out of the bathroom, I said smugly. She slapped my arm. That was just a ploy to get an unsuspecting young man into my apartment. Come on, we're going to be late. She pulled me further into the labyrinth of theatres. Being late didn't stop her from stopping at each sign along the way, spewing factoids about each one. Halloween, Halloween 2, Nosferatu... I spit on your grave. I knew she liked horror, but she was more than a casual fan. She was like a junkie. Our theatre was all the way in the back of the building, far from the snack bar and the exits. I hoped I didn't have to pee. On the way, I noticed the rest of the theatres were completely dark. The last of the other guests trickled past us, out the doors. Aren't there any other movies playing tonight? I asked. Seems odd. She brushed it off. The owner's a big fan of this movie too. He closes down the whole theatre for the yearly showing. Come on, come on, 
don't want to miss the start. She pulled me into the theatre. Oddly, the huge room was already dark and the screen showed only a welcome message. No ads. I was irked. Previews were my favourite part. I found the lack of prelude weird, but not as weird as the fact that the theatre was completely empty. Yeah, huge fan base, I said. She rolled her eyes and pulled me into a seat, right in the middle of the theatre. Not a bad view, I said again. Shh, she said. It's starting. The screen flickered, and an old school countdown appeared on the screen. Quickly, it was replaced by a shaky black and white shot of a long hallway. The footage must have been from the 1920s, I thought. An old silent film. Ragtime music played over the speakers. Then, in the distance, a shape in a white gown ran down the hall. The actress looked frightened. Men followed her, wearing sheets of black cloth over their faces, like funeral shrouds. They carried long, wicked knives. The masked men caught the woman, pressed her up against the brick wall, and began to stab. Weird start, I whispered. Cindy shushed me again, taking a long drink of her coke. In that moment, one of the doors swung open behind us, letting some light in. I jumped. Something had me uneasy, although I couldn't say what. I turned around to check but it was just another couple coming to watch the movie. They sat a few seats ahead of us. I felt stupid for flinching. I didn't want to admit that a stupid old horror movie would freak me out, so I puffed out my chest and put an arm around Cindy. The next clip had sound, at least. This one was in a long hallway and also featured a young woman. She wore a poodle skirt and a cheerleader's sweater, straight out of 1950 but something about the camera angle seemed off for the era. The actress ran down the long hallway, screaming, Help me! Someone help! Please! She didn't act the way most old starlets did. She didn't speak with the same overwrought transatlantic accent, like Audrey Hepburn or James Dean. She screamed her voice ragged. The camera angle switched, and she was running through an industrial-looking kitchen. Then a man in one of those odd black hoods appeared from behind a popcorn machine and took her head off with a machete. I jumped. I didn't mean to. Just wasn't expecting so much gore for an old looking film. The blood wasn't red, only dark black, and the camera fixated on the pool of it spreading on the tile. What are those hoods the killers wear? I whispered to Cindy. Old film hoods, she said like photographers used to wear when they had those big clunky cameras. Like I said, it's meta. Yash, the good ones are coming up. I turned my attention back to the screen, just as a few more people trickled into the theatre. I thought it was weird to get in so late. But what really bothered me, what really got under my skin, is where they chose to sit. The whole theatre and this group of older people choose to sit right in front of us. I couldn't see the screen over the back of one shining bald head. Another group of people sat down behind us, and I was left feeling claustrophobic. The scenes rattled on. It wasn't much of a movie. 
just scenes of different people getting murdered by those sickos in black film hoods. The scenes seemed to be moving forward in time. The first was in the 1920s, then the 50s, then the 70s and 80s. In the 70s clip, the hooded killers tracked down a whole family and murdered them one by one. I hated that one the most. The acting was too good, too visceral, and the goal was something else. I didn't know they had that technology back in the day. I didn't really understand where the movie was going. Although I didn't say anything to Cindy, I figured it was just artistic. Some kind of homage to past horror films, all wrapped up into one movie. Then I noticed something. In the clip from the 1980s, in that clip, it was a group of teenagers running from the hooded killers. A take on the 80s slasher, I guessed. The set looked eerily familiar. Movie theatre. Long, twisting corridors. Posters from movies that came out ages ago. Things I watched growing up. More people trickled into the theatre and sat down. It was nearly full. Suddenly, the camera quality got much better. We'd entered into the modern era. This one appeared to be taken on a phone or camcorder. Someone held the phone shakily on a lone hooded figure. The victim, a teenage guy it sounded like, screamed. Don't come any closer, they said. I'll call the fucking cops. Don't. Don't. The hooded killer stepped closer. He held a wicked looking scythe in one hand, already drenched in blood. The camera angle suddenly shifted. The whole found footage effect was giving me a headache and the victim was running. I heard the sound of buttons beeping, then a dull dead dial tone. No service. Shit, the guy said. Tears threatened the edges of his voice. Shit, shit, shit. Up ahead, the camera focused on a group of masked killers. Some young, some old. All wearing those eerie black film hoods. The camera switched again only to find another hooded face. This one right in front of the camera. There was a sliding, sliced meat sound, then a gurgling from the phone-holding victim. The camera dropped, landing in a puddle of blood. That's when I noticed. Cindy, I said. That's the same carpet as the one outside. That's... Doesn't that look a lot like this theatre? I looked at the shot as it held on the theatre. I could see it. The entrance. The ticket counter. The snack bar. All of it. The screen went blank. Only for a moment. Then it flickered back on. Only this time, it wasn't a shot of masked killers or fleeing victims. It was a single, steady shot of a full movie theatre. A theatre that was playing another video of a theatre? It seemed like an endless loop like Russian dolls stacked inside of one another. A movie theatre filming itself. Nothing happened for a moment. No one in the theatre spoke and no credits rolled. Then, I saw it. In the middle of the crowd. A familiar head of red hair. Cindy. Next to her. I stood up. On the screen in front of me, infinite iterations of me stood as well. What the fuck? I said. I turned around, 
expecting to see a camera at the back of the theatre filming me. What else could it be? Cindy, is this some kind of fucked up prank? I cut off. Behind me was a sea of people. They sat eerily still. Each one wore a film hood, obscuring their faces. Each one held a knife. I stumbled back, tripping over the popcorn and sending it scattered across the aisle. I looked up at Cindy. Her face was covered with a black hood. In her hand was a long, curved blade. I told you it was my favourite, she said. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. Cult Classic was written by Thomas Teller, narrated by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors himself, edited by Duncan Muggleton, with music by Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, with sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading, and of course to Captain Ben Errington, for piloting us to new unexplored content universes aboard his big social media starship. Thanks, Captain. Thomas Tallett is a writer and author in Minnesota who is seeking representation. You can read more of his work by following him on Twitter at at ThomasXTeller1. James Barnett is the producer of the Night's End podcast, a short story fiction podcast with tales of horror and the paranormal, Search for it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also catch his other works at www.jamesbarnettauthor.com. If you've got a podcast or a business or a social media starship and you'd like to fly our listeners to different dimensions and restaurants, then did you know you can advertise it here on The Other Stories? We're always looking for great sponsors to work with, so head over to theotherstories.net forward slash contact to get in touch. The Other Stories is a production of the story studio Hawk and Cleaver and it's brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. So, until next time.